Okay, so Jimmy Fallon. So the second one will be Jimmy Fallon. Okay. Do we want to try to squeeze in both Danny Masters and Sagafra? And some, someone died as well. Okay, we can't. We can't we're squeezing too much. <laughs> no, no, oh no, there was like a an assistant director. Is he important? Do you guys care? Nah. Are you just trying to squeeze I mean, it in just to squeeze it in? It's the I mean it's the name of an assistant director who worked on projects, but as no, no, far as Oh we don't have to Oh, just being like, can you believe it? Jimmy Fallon supposedly had a toxic environment. Oh yeah, Dame Madison's like going to prison for like three years for rape. And also Rotten Tomatoes is like Just <laughs> <laughs> squeezing it so fast. It's like Toy Story and uh Oh but we could open with that for like a solo like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and then move on to the first thing, which is Sag Afra. Mm-hmm. If that's how you want to do it. Do you want to dive into Danny Masterson? I mean, that is recent news, like, this week. Okay, so you don't want to dive. Okay, okay, that's what I'm saying. How about we do it as, like, the major news first of, like, Rotten Tomatoes. And be like, man, that's crazy, because all this came out the same week. And it's, can you imagine such negative publicity like that? Like, I can't imagine you doing something that shady. Also, Jimmy Fallon had a toxic work environment, and Danny Masterson raped, like, two people went to prison. But anyways, oh, we, like, could, we could just can't get canceled right now and just go up big. Just like, breaking news, Danny Masterson. <laughs> like, <laughs> Danny Masterson. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just trying to get canceled. I mean... <laughs> piece of <laughs> shit. Piece of <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. Absolute <laughs> And then we gotta have, like, OnlyFans models here as, like, guests for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. What's your opinion about it? What's your opinion about it? <laughs> you don't know nothing, you slut. Shut up. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes is... <laughs> Can we for an episode? Can we? <laughs> we cannot put that in. We can't. We can't put that in. Can That's... we for an episode? Oh my god. We can pull it off. We can so pull it off. Oh my god, just have a bald cap. I'm already balding, man. We can just go Every single one shade. of us just have like the bald caps and like fake cigars and just And then the shirts that are like two sizes too small. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Horrible. Alrighty, so we're gonna go in five, four, three. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV-related news and topics. I'm your host, Andy King, and of course, with me is my co-host, Adrian. And of course, sitting across from us is our technical director, Mike Cards. Welcome back, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight, man? Good. Good? I'm actually doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we got a nice little new setup in our temporary studio right now. We're trying to make Mm -hmm. it more like semi-permanent, you know, have a nice little backup while we're still working on the main studio. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking pretty good in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. But a lot of stuff has happened over the week. Holy shit. It's a lot of news going on, man. Oh my God. So yeah, much. So much shit has popped off. So just going right into this, the first thing that we got, Danny Masterson sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. Uh, the who played the character Hyde, Hyde, Hyde from that, that 70s, 70s show. show and played one of the brothers on the ranch yeah. or whatever yes. on Netflix. 30 mm. years mm-hmm. for rape. Yeah, raping that's, two women. Raping two women. Thirty years of life. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. The whole thing is like you were trying to you were trying to figure out why was this was such a big thing. You didn't realize he was part of the Church of Scientology. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just like that was why this was such a bigger case. Like, okay. unfortunately, like yeah, it's he did what he did. He raped yeah. two women, but it's unfortunately the focus is really it's more a, on like we're a, taking down or we're punishing ch- the church. So this it's is a, it's a battle by uh, battle by proxy. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's not just a punishment for his crimes, but also like a testament of like, hey, you guys aren't going to get away mm-hmm. with this. Here's an there's always the rumors. There's always that allegation. Everyone always talks about how the Church of Scientology really covers up a lot of the shit that goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. So everyone's like, well, of course, the church knew about what he was doing and they're trying to cover it up. And, you know, they're still defending him even till this day right now. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah. But, they're going to uh, I guess his lawyer is going to appeal for his case. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see how how it goes. All right. But moving over to a next big thing we have here. SAG-AFTRA says dual strike against video games and the film industry makes sense to them. So they are actually talking about right now is striking against the gaming industry, too, for residuals, for all the voice acting work and everything like that. I don't know how I feel about that, man. It's. Uh. We were talking about this, me and Adrian, earlier. You're already in a big fight against yes. the film industry, against Hollywood, one of the biggest entertainment industries on the planet. That's a big battle you're yeah. fighting. Do you really want to... The gaming industry is a whole separate entity. It's a whole mm-hmm. separate industry. Do you really need to be fighting on two fronts, on two battles right now? I mean, I can see as to... Why? It's, yeah, I can but, see why, but I, I see I see their issues. I, I understand why yeah. they want to have this battle and to, you know, fairly enough what they want to make from those originals from how much games make in general. But you're already in a fight with the with the film studios. You're yeah. already in a you're legal already, you're yeah, like you're, you're already in a legal battle. Why join another one? Yeah. You know, wouldn't it make to- sense to finish what you're started right now? And then move on to the next issue instead of handling multiple different issues. Because right now it seems like they're trying to tie in the video game industry and the film industry together. And like, no, it's the same issue. We can target this all at once together. But it's like, no, these are two separate things. Yeah. Which I like I say, I fully understand what they're talking about when they want, you know, they don't get paid residuals for video games. Mm-hmm. And video game is a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. I mean, industry. And it makes sense. But come on, bro. Take one battle at a time. One, one at a time, man. Like, do you think that they would? They should take care of the contract with movie studios before they move yeah, on? Yeah, handle this contract okay. issue first before you move on to a next issue. Why are you trying to, like, pick so many fights at once? Okay, I, I can see that. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you're, only, you're only hurting your cause further. Whether it is true, whether you are in the right. Yeah, I, I guess I could see that. Yeah. I guess I could see. I don't know. But I, th- I think it's just like another possibly maybe a power move to show like, OK, like AMPTP is starting to sweat. And if they're starting to sweat, like that's a big that's a big area where or that's a that's a big contract that's 
possibly coming your way. They're and sweating, so, but they haven't won yet. No. And so they're it, like, so yeah. okay, let's take this and like roll with it towards video games next. And even the game industry is probably like, we're just going to wait it out. We're just going to sit. <laughs> both of y'all got, both of you two are losing money right now. We're not being affected by this. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken that the video game industry doesn't work with unions or not work under union contracts, right? I'm not sure. I have I'm, no yeah, idea. I'm not entirely because, sure about I mean, that. I, think I get that it if an it. actor wants residuals for mm-hmm. doing voice work. Voice work, yeah. yeah. But I don't believe voice actors have, they're not under a union. No, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so either. And I think we've seen instances where, this is probably like a whole other topic of itself, but I think we've also seen instances where uh, some voice actors have clocked in overtime. Like I think for like the people who did the Jujutsu Kaisen movie mm-hmm. or some sort of some recent anime in the last like few years um, of a very popular anime didn't get paid a whole lot. Like I think it's it's main voice actors maybe made like $200 total. Damn. Like of just like, hey, here's 200 voice these. Like they were paid by like the paragraph or something like 25 cents to a paragraph or some shit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that. I don't know if that's real or not. If the real figures or not, but no, no, I get what you're saying. No, I no. actually, it says right here, uh, site after it does represent voiceover talent in contract areas, including animation, video games, promos, trailers, commercials, documentaries, and audiobooks. Okay. So it does cover over. It does cover over. Um, but if I'm not mistaken is like, they, I remember like, I'm talking about like from documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. like I've seen over the past Yeah, mm-hmm. where it like a lot of these people are not union. They're just, you know, they hire voice actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it would make sense that unfortunately, I mean, I'm, it sucks this, but uh, the video game industry is not heavily regulated. No, it is still not heavily regulated. So for them to say like, oh, you know, we can't work with SAG after like, well, they still need to figure out their regulations first. Yeah. Yeah. That's this is a whole, plus. By the way, there is a whole other industry with the whole video game industry. The whole other problems with like overtime, uh, all that crunch stuff. Time. Yeah, like the animator. I'm not the animators. The uh, programmers, the developers, mm-hmm. everyone else is still trying to work on getting a union for themselves. Yeah. So I think maybe it's uh, they're kind of maybe taking too big of a bite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It makes sense. So yeah. that's all I gotta really say. It's like you may just reconsider trying to. Pick multiple battles. Yeah, pick your battles right now. Yeah, exactly. Win this one and then move to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Moving over to our next topic, what we have here, and this one is a really big one. This one just dropped. We have Chaos with Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show. So there have been allegations from former employees about hostile work environment working for the um, the Tonight Show. Yeah. Some uh, one person. Talking about how there were times where he even came in just like drunk, mm-hmm. and then other times where he would just kind of like berate people on their jokes, and like he would have up days and down days, and the down days were the days where he would just come in and just make life hell. Like mm-hmm. apparently one statement, this kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. He would just like belittle somebody like on jokes. He'd be like, "This is this is horrible. Are you okay? Are you really okay? This is really your best kind of shit." Now, like okay, now wow, Fallon. Now this what I talked to my Anthony earlier was. Is this a thing where is it is it constant or is it just because it's a high stress environment because they have to pump out pump out jokes every night? Well, you know if saying? he's drunk, that's still no excuse still, yeah. for high stress environment. Oh no, 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 yeah. not that. No, I'm not that the whole drunk part, but yeah. the rest of the parts where they say that it was you know hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. Is it because it's just a high stress you know a fast paced environment? The little oh. really because it was like they said it was like a pretty gloom atmosphere working there. 
Yeah, but like I'm trying to understand like that's what mm-hmm. I, I mean. That's what's essentially a two side service story, right? So yeah, yeah. Been, that's always been the big saying. But is it one of those things where it's just a high stress environment where some of these people are just not able to, you know, they're not cut out for that, mm-hmm. or is it actually just a he's a straight out shitty person? See, I'm not, I, I'm not the biggest Jimmy. I, I don't really like Jimmy Fallon mm-hmm. to say with. Yeah, but at the same time, I do. I mean, I try to see it from you know as a show aspect where it's something has to be done daily. Mm-hmm. Is where I get it if you know. Not everyone's gonna have a good day at work. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. We all work at a normal job, and we all have our days where it's like, "Fuck this place." Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure since I mean, he's the boss, but same thing. How many times have we had a boss walking and says, "Fuck this place"? <laughs> oh, so many. Yeah, yeah, so many of that. But I mean, no, I mean, it brings up to another point too. What we talked about earlier was if the late night talk, you know, the talk show host uh, format, mm-hmm. if it's even relevant. No, it's not. Because, I would not say so. Yeah. Because they I mean, should have easily, like we talked about, they should have switched over to podcasting. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Because if you want to know about a movie or an actor, a director, the writing background, you, I'd rather sit and watch an hour or two hour podcast mm-hmm. versus watching a five minute segment about them trying to catch an egg on a fucking spoon. Mm-hmm. That's true. But like, I'm kind of over that. Jimmy here, Jimmy Fallon didn't even defend himself though. All he did was apologize. Yeah. So yeah. is that where, is he admitting to the allegations or is this one of those PR moves where they're just like just trying to shut down just quick. shut it down quick I think it's just maybe a mixture of both yeah. but coming from a PR standpoint of agent standpoint yeah I would just it doesn't matter if you're if you did or not just apologize yeah yeah and then just like get it over with mm-hmm. don't draw this out because then you wait too long for an apology and then it's not going to mean anything and now there's a whole other thing and now your ratings are starting to take a hit Mm-hmm. And isn't he also part on that uh, Strike Force Five? Yeah, he's podcast? On Strike yeah. Force yeah 5 a lot podcast. of people talk about like how this is going to affect Strike Force Five. This this it's this probably going to be better. This released <laughs> just hours before they released. Shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This article did. Yeah. What? Oh no! This was Rolling Stones. Yeah. It was yeah. a Rolling. Of yeah. course, Rolling Stones would be doing some shit. Oh like this. yeah, you know yeah. how they play. Rolling Stones do petty as fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They will. Dude, fucking Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. So this is something where I'm, I'm going to be curious how the viewership's going to affect Strike Force Five. Honestly, if he's if I think if he's taken off of it, it would probably be better. I, I honestly, here's the thing: the sad things. I don't think it'll affect that at all. No, I don't think so. No, I think it's one of the things where he just apologized. Like, yep, you know, shit sucked, and that's it. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's good enough for most people to go. Well, okay. I mean, he's 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 human, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see that. All right, moving over to our last bit of news before we hit our main topic. What we have here is Rotten Tomatoes under fire after PR firm scheme to pay critics for positive reviews uncovered. This is so interesting mm-hmm. to me. Which, this, reading through the actual article and everything, it's the title's a little misleading yeah. because it's actually Rotten Tomatoes was the one. Who was investigating into this, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. Uh, that's one. That's actually. I'll say that right off the bat that this is the only one thing I don't like about this entire thing is that everyone mislabels it as Toronto Tomatoes paid off people. Mm-hmm. When it turns out it was no. It, it was, was a different PR firm. It was a PR firm who did it, and mm-hmm. it was Rotten Tomatoes who uncovered it. Uh, what was the firm called? Uh, it was like um something 15, uh, Bunker Fifteen. Yes. Yeah, Bunker Fifteen. Yeah. And this was the film. It was what Ophelia, right? Ophelia. The one, yeah, the well, one that 2000, they 2018 mm, that they caught it, this, right? Yeah, days really where it, it had right there it says uh had forty six percent rating, mm-hmm. and it just shot up to sixty percent out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And how did they figure this out? 
they they apparently okay. What I read up on different articles that uh, I guess they have a couple people who vet through the uh, the through the uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron Tomatoes has that. Sorry, Ron Tomatoes have people that vet through the reviews, mm-hmm. and it's just very unusual for all of a sudden go from like couple five five six reviews mm-hmm. so all of a sudden go up to the you know 15 additional more out of nowhere okay oh so it was just suspicious it yeah. was suspicious it raised okay. a red flag yeah of like it someone raised- kind of going like that doesn't seem right yeah especially since the critic reviews typically are early on and they're locked in place yeah that's it mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that all of a sudden it was low then all of a sudden bumped it up enough up. Mm-hmm. to get its fresh rating yeah and it was like well something's not right so they started digging through it and like wait a minute none of these people are uh, you know the reviews doesn't make sense or yeah. They start, you know, cross-referencing their reviews to other people's, oh, and they realize that that's wow. not any sense. So it, really, they're just paid to like make a puff piece. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they were giving up. Their whole thing was claiming that we're not. Uh, Bunker Fritz was like, "We're not doing it. You know, we're not telling them to do it." But people, the reviewers, were saying, "No, they're giving us fifty dollars to hundred dollars at a time." Actually, paying them. Yeah, to give a review, but if we give a favorite review, we might get paid a little bit more. Oh wow! And as well as their article, we pu- will be pushed to the top. Which means their names. These are all people who are are not well known mm. the writers. Now but they're they're ties with you know your name's going to be up on the list. Mm. Now Rotten Tomatoes is the ones getting flack for it because they're the ones looking into it. But have yeah. they looked into the other review sites like Metacritic and stuff like that? I don't think so. It's just a, I think right now that everyone's just focused on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm, I looked this, it up. Yeah, this I'm, just came out this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I looked it up. See, if there's other reviews. If if Bunker Fifteen had other you know movies, but. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's only tied down to Ophelia. Okay. It just says other films, but I cannot find You can't out. find what other films that they also yeah. possibly invested so, into. Yeah, which Rotten Tomatoes said they're actually doing a full-blown investigation as for like going to complete I should. Wipe. I mean, it's one of those things like we've known like well over like yeah. a decade now, like for viewers get bought out. Yeah. We've but, known that for the yes, longest time. We've known yeah. that. Like it wasn't it wasn't known, well-known secret. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it was. I mean, what we always thought about as for like a WB film, a Fox film, a Sony film, mm-hmm. you know, a major blockbuster kind yeah. of. Yeah, you didn't think about for the indies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, not for yeah. an indie film or you know, like I said, Ophelia, which I'll need like no one. I didn't even heard of that one ever. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It's the one with uh, Daisy Ridley. It was like a, a remake, kind of like of Hamlet. No. Yeah. Yeah. See, you yeah. never heard of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, man, that's but this is such a messed up thing because it does ruin the reputation of a site. Yeah, and the trust of you know, I mean, it was already kind of reviewers were not to trust that you know that well, but this does a huge blow to them. You I, know, I, I see the problem because like how it's gonna, how would Rotten Tomatoes create security measures for people not to buy review? You see, what I'm saying like it, how would they know on their end? There's, I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Sucks. There's just no way of doing that. Yeah, there's no way. But by doing that, just kind of, you know, ruins the whole site. Yeah. The whole site itself or the whole trust system of, hey, you know, trust my review because I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's like, I mean, the best way to describe it is if you found out, you know, you know, I guess every major one is like, I don't know how to describe it. So imagine you found out like Nolan bought all his reviews. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you find out something like that. Which sucks. That'd be some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that would be some bullshit. Yeah, but yeah. say you lose trust in it, you, you know, you no longer look at the site the same way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now it's just kind of like it went from take their uh, it's like take their critique with a grain of salt mm-hmm. to just like, well, how do you know it's not bought? 
Exactly. Yeah. Like well, it, I mean, it just as, diminishes their credibility. But as well, the last few years, everyone's been leaning towards audience reviews versus critic reviews. Yeah, yeah they have. There's been a lot of movies where they got, you know, 40, 50% critic review and like 85, 90% well, You kind of review. trust the general audience because they're not the people who are looking into the, all the nitpicky shit that, mm-hmm. you know, filmmakers and journalists look for. Yeah. Did I just happen to see King Kong? In the rule of thirds being in the lower right corner. Like, as filmmakers for us, we're the ones who catch the shit that bothers us. Oh, that's a bad edit. That's a bad color scheme. Oh, yeah. that rotoscope is off. Yeah. I would. No, the minute you got into VFX Mike, you never caught on to bad rotoscoping. No, I didn't. Yeah. And now I can't unlook at it. Exactly. Like, you know how much bad rotoscoping I found in Lord of the Rings because of that now? Yeah. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Because <laughs> I love Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, we're the type of people where, you know, our reviews should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. No, nah, it's, it's, it sucks, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break from our sponsor. And when we get back, we're going to cover over our main topic tonight, which is, of course, the Iger Chebec battle uncovered and undressed. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. And we are back. Now on to our main topic tonight. Disney's wildest ride, Iger, Chebec, and making the making the whole secession. It was the entire mess. They finally yep. who who uncovered this? Who disclosed this? This was an article that was in the works for like three months, and it was published by Wilson Chapman from IndieWire. Oh man! And this has been—it's extensive. This whole thing is extensive, yeah. right? And now. it's not just talking to a few people here and there. Like mm-hmm. this one on this was a this was a an article mm-hmm. that was researched and journalized for like three months, talking to multiple people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this person went out with. With the uh, with the purpose of getting the absolute scoop on what the hell is going on with Disney, mm-hmm. and so in this uncovered the very messy transition from going from Iger to Chebec, and how really Iger didn't relinquish power. He never yeah. really let go. Yeah, no. And yeah, so yeah, let's go into this. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Yeah. yeah, it. yeah. So it, it's all, this is a whole article pinpointing and I love how it's just not just one big thing, mm-hmm. but it's pinpointing certain dates and timings for these. Yeah. Events. It gave a timeline. Yeah. Like a whole entire timeline mm-hmm. and it all dates back to 2020 mm-hmm. as CEO at the time. Well, now current CEO, mm-hmm. Bob Iger relinquishing position of CEO to Bob Chapek. Mm-hmm. And everything was cool. Everything was fine. Like, all right, everything was, everyone was bonded. And, you know, Iger would jokingly call him like Big Bob and then Chapek Little Bob. Like, ha we're two Bobs mm-hmm. or whatever. But in March, it's showing right here in March 2020, during a flight to an annual meeting in Relay, North Carolina. I don't know what you pronounce that. North Carolinians, you know, that fucking place. Anyway. <laughs> uh Anyway, they're on the plane right over there, and last minute, Bob Iger's like, hey, we're going to do like a Q&A kind of thing, and a, a last-minute thing, you're a last-minute guest, mm-hmm. and so he's like, oh, okay, well, that's cool, and so on the flight there, Chapek's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to this side of the plane, or like just to kind of study up on these questions, mm-hmm. you know, study up on, on his research and things like that on his own. Standard thing, right? Mm-hmm. Bob Iger apparently had a fucking problem with this. Cause he thought we were going to like collab together on these questions and he pu- pretty much pulled a Strauss, a Senator Strauss method <laughs> and just got mad 
for him studying on his own. So on the plane ride back, things started to deteriorate as Japek was finally having like his first meeting mm-hmm. with C- then CFO Christine McCarthy. Okay. And he was having this with Iger present. Iger apparently snapped the two. He got mad at them and said that it was disrespectful to have this meeting in front of him, which is weird. Weird. Really fucking weird, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. okay. Like, why is this Matthew? Like, you you gave me power. I'm your <laughs> I doing your job and now. Like, you, let me do the job you gave yes. to me. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, how are you gonna take off my training wheels but still hold on to my bike? Mm-hmm. Like, let me fucking ride. So he got mad at that. And then in April, uh, Iger, who disagreed on Chapect, but on furloughs for employees at Disney World, uh, apparently gave a statement to the New York Times talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of being like, hey, you know, you should push these questions towards Bob Chapek, you know, he's the CEO. Like, this is his department. He should he should be the one answering this. Mm-hmm. I'm releasing power. I can have my two cents, but ultimately let Bob Chapek know. Well, he gave this whole entire thing, right? He did, He gave this interview. Mm-hmm. And Chapek was furious being as like thinking that Bob Iger or rather Bob Iger came off as the idea of like, oh, don't worry, Bob's going to need my help. Like Chapek's going to need my help. So I'll be there to hold his hand mm-hmm. through it all. Don't worry, guys. Everything's okay because I'm here. Chapek got mad at that, saying that, quote, saying he didn't need a savior. Iger told friends, now colleague, mm-hmm. no, oh, sorry. He said right here, Chapek was reportedly furious and called Iger saying that he didn't need a savior. Iger told friends no colleague has ever spoken to him like that. And he just called it absolutely disrespectful to mm. him, to Iger. And it seems like Iger went to extreme measures, too, to overstep around Chapek too. Because like reading into deeper of this, Iger called Nancy Pelosi and Senator Chuck Schumer to get the scoop on the COVID relief bill. Because, you know, like he said, Chapek wanted to lay off 100,000 people. Iger said no because he wanted to wait for that COVID release because I'm pretty sure they're going to get a sweet chunk of that, you know, when we found out how many the big companies took from most of that relief fund. Yeah. So he did completely overstepped him and started calling the senators to get the scoop and the information when that bill was going to pass until he passed. And then he overruled over Chapek on that ruling. Yeah. And that's why they didn't, you know, furlough. It, furlough didn't happen in April. Mm-hmm. So that was already planting the seeds of like how Iger would not let go. Yeah. And then other stuff that people already know about, like the Scarlett Johansson Disney lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Both of those were uh, going back and forth saying that like this is an issue for Chapek because he handles the business side. And Chapek was saying that this is an Iger issue because he handles the creative side. Mm-hmm. And so they were going back and forth as to like who's going to handle this Black Widow Disney Plus debacle. And they both agreed that Scarlett Johansson was just greedy on this. And so it was just handled wrong. And so apparently Iger reportedly called Chapek advising him to give a public apology, which Chapek refused to do. Iger himself never considered apologizing. So basically neither of them backed down and Scarlett Johansson was made this enemy. Oh, damn. And it just continued to grow from that in November in 2021, where <laughs> this one was petty as shit. What will happen? Uh, Adrian told me about this one with the retirement party. Oh, yeah. The... Which remind me, remind me how Iger's this. retirement party that he had, and he oh, yeah. didn't invite. Chapek. He didn't invite him, and so he got, pe- he got talking about how uh, Chapek was had a speaking engagement in Orlando. Mm. I have a night. different artwork for you guys, but uh, Chapek canceled that 
he canceled his plans after hearing about his retirement party and came to the party. That's right. <laughs> and then Iger gave his retirement speech and thanked a dozen other people except Japek. Damn. So. <laughs> Damn. It's like it's so petty, too. Like some high school prom queen king bullshit, you know? And this whole time, like, no one is paying attention to this feud going on, or is anyone caring? This whole entire time, we, everyone, you were saying, like, uh, was paying attention to, to the, the streaming platforms. Yeah, the streaming numbers, well, like. It's that. I think it's it's also a combination of the whole, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Oppenheimer thing, the uh, Strauss. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's all that because. Between them two, it seemed more serious than it actually was. But yeah. there, and but the rest like, of the world's like, there's other board members. There, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, like, but I'm pretty sure none that, of these other board members are gonna step in. Like, guys, what the fuck is going on? Well, apparently, uh, what happened was in fall 2020. This was uh, prior to the November 2022 quarterly earnings report. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapek was blindsided by McCarthy when she went off script during a board preparation meeting to share her concerns that the earnings would fall short of Wall Street predictions and that Disney needed to retool its strategy after the 2022 Netflix stock fall caused a massive shift in how analysts prioritize results from companies. Mm. Chapek largely downplayed McCarthy's predictions and during a Disney World retreat weeks before the earnings report, opted to spend most of his most of his time taking part in activities at the animal kingdom theme park rather than attending a strategy meeting meeting, meaning resentment or causing resentment among executives. So he was supposed to be at a quarterly meeting meeting. and it wasn't there and he wasn't there. He was blowing it off for the animal kingdom. So this dude just on rides. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So it sounded like Chapek was just kind of fed up with all this shit and was like, I need to blow off some steam. I need to take a break, you know, and just go to the animal kingdom and just see some fucking lions. I see a bunch of executives just smoke stressing at a board meeting, panicking, looking through papers, looking through all these financial figures like, where the fuck is Chebec? And just Chebec's like on a little kitty roller coaster. Right. The one that just like goes down (laughs) and then comes back around. Somehow imagine him just like mouse ears on holding a churro just (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is great i earned this (laughs) i deserve this i deserve this this is me time (laughs) let's see after that it says here when the meetings ended quote or sorry quote when the meetings ended Mm. chief communications officer christina shake s-c-h-a-k-e yeah, shake. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. All right, well, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. And, like, uh, and head of investor relations, Alexia. God damn it, Quadrani. What's what the fuck's all these last names, man? God damn it. Hooked on, hooked on phonics, my ass. Like, I always love having Mike say the names because he's always gonna fuck it up. I know, man. I know I'm fucking it up. I'm sorry, but god damn it. Give me like a Johnson in there or something. I mean, McCarthy was the only one that I could that I could actually fucking pronounce. <laughs> Sorry, Alexia Quadrani told Chapek the reaction of the quarter could be devastating. Chapek reportedly reacted by referring to the two and McCarthy as the mean girls and anyone who felt trepidation about Disney's prospects, Eeyore's. He ignored the financial team's advice to deliver a message acknowledging the company's losses during the quarter and his cheerful speech during the earnings call permanently turned most of the executive team against him. In December, after Chapek was fired and replaced with Iger, Sheikh, Quadrani, and McCarthy reportedly received pink sweaters from a colleague 
as an in-joke to Japek's Mean Girls comment. Wow. So not only did they fire him after that, and then they're like, hey, we're the Mean Girls. See, it's, it's petty high school shit. Yeah. It's super petty. Like, God damn it. Like, is this what happens with CEOs? Like, by, Iger's definitely like... These are talking, people in their 60s, 50s, 70s. Iger is definitely the Regina George <laughs> of this group. Looking at fucking Chapek and just being like, you know what everyone says about you? <laughs> You're a homeschooled jungle freak. Can we get like just like a new image, like AI cover of just like Bob Chapek and all of them as mean girls, like mean girl cover? Please. Oh my God. I want that. But man, this is. Yeah. This is all so petty. This is all really, really petty here. Oh, it gets a little better. Oh, yeah. Finally, after all this, after his dismissal, Chapek mm-hmm. reportedly received an exit package north of $20 million. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Iger is aide to have a committee vetting a second successor in the CEO role, though his contract for the position was renewed through 2026. Recently, Iger has gotten into hot water after disparaging comments about the SAG and WGA strikes. Yep. Although he later walked back on them following backlash. So in other words, it went from Iger relinquishing control, not really relinquishing control, undermining the actual control that he was supposed to relinquish. Getting the control back. Getting the control back. Fucking up again. And now really the winner is Chapek with 20 million. Yeah. Sitting comfy at home. Or he's at the Animal Kingdom. (laughs) (laughs) Wee! Wee! (laughs) Who's the real winner now? (laughs) I can do this all day, every day. I made you upgrade a bunch of rides, bitch. <laughs> I got one more petty thing I want to add to it. What? I knew I read this up and I'm, I just oh right, here it goes. All right, Iger, Bob Iger mm-hmm. kept Bob Chebec from taking his office because it had a private shower. Oh fuck you! <laughs> so he gave this man CEO power and then gave his ass a cubicle because he didn't want to give up his fucking office shower. He didn't want to give up his office shower. Wow. Because he got a he has a private bathroom with the included with the shower and everything. Wow. He did not want to give it up to him. Nah, he pissing in that shower. One hundred percent. That's where I take my evening peas. That's where I take my evening. One hundred percent. He's got towels with his initials on it. Oh no, guarantee. It's on the toilet. Oh, Oh man, that's some really interesting shit that happened during the whole transition. That's crazy, and it's it's this thing goes further in depth. We could go on forever yeah. about this whole thing, but man, this it's crazy. Bob Iger seems like the kind of guy that would have the ceiling of his office replicated the Sistine Chapel, but have him replace one of the angels as like the fingers. No, he's, in, no, he's God. He's, he's God's God. finger. He's God's finger. And Walt Disney is the other angel. Yeah, that's <laughs> like you bastard. No, you just see like Bob Chick Peck as oh yeah, no Bob Iger as God and then Mickey. Oh as my man. God. <laughs> no, 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 he does. No, he does. Bob Iger does it, but he gives himself like extremely like just cut. Oh yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> He's got like the back port or the back wall as like uh what's his face from Global Gym? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> from Still- eight pack. <laughs> It's like wrestling a bull or some <laughs> shit. It's like one of the Disney characters. <laughs> okay. I think that's going to be a good place where we close off tonight, man. So yeah. We want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. I'm curious on your thoughts on tonight's topic. How do you feel about this whole 
Bob Iger, Bob Chapek drama. You can keep, you can leave a comment below if you're watching this on our Next Junior YouTube channel. If not, we'll put this up on our open forum on our website at www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast for our listeners to discuss episode topics and various other film-related news. We put out episodes every Wednesday. For audio listeners, you can find the Red Band Podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, our website, which I'll say again, www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast. And as usual, before we fully close off, Mike has those last end notes for you guys. That's right. All the different ways you could be able to listen to us. You can be able to head on over to Spotify or Apple Music, be able to find us, but especially heading over to the Apple Podcast app. Head on over there, subscribe, leave that five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, consider sharing with a friend. As well as our YouTube channel that we have as well, that we post videos. Oh, excuse me. Where we post videos and live versions of these episodes. We're still only audio only right now. But again, making some adjustments to the office so that way we can be able to go back to some recordings. Because I know you love to see us. Right? Hopefully. (laughs) Right? Love us, please. Love us. Love me, please. Please. <laughs> but yes, consider heading to there, heading over there, check out some past episodes or past other skits that we have up as well. And like, subscribe, comment down below what you believe we should be able to cover next or what you think we missed that you think we should cover because a lot of news comes out, uh, but sometimes they slip through the cracks. So you think that we got one that we missed, send it over to us. Let us know. And, of course, our Patreon account. That's right. We got our Patreon account. Head on over there. Consider subscribing to that because we'd really appreciate it. We got a lot of uncut episodes on there. Obviously, uh, this is partially one of them. This is more of like a, quote, cut, uncut version because uh, a lot of heinous shit was said before. And we can't really say that whether it be uncut or not. That will always just be a mystery. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never hear about my theory on penguins. And you'll never know about that either. You'll just live in forever questioning. You're not missing much, people. I'm not going to lie. What the fuck was Michael talking about penguins? <laughs> anyway, head on over there and consider subscribing, and we really appreciate it. And, of course, I'll throw it back to Anthony to close us out. All right, guys. You heard it from Mike. Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Later, taters.